Welcome to the official podcast, Eric Allen and my new teammate Bart Scott here in studio to start the year. We are joined by a former teammate of the Mad Backers. That is Joe Flacco. You guys played one season together way back in 2008. It was a great season, though. It was a great season, though. Advanced to the AFC Championship game, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a fun story. You want to tell a story about how you got the starting gig when you knew you were going to be the starting quarterback on a plane? Wow. When did, when did I find out on a plane? I don't remember exactly <laughs> when I found out that I was going to be starting for sure. You know, yeah. I, I remember, um, I think it was the week of, we were playing St. Louis yeah. in the preseason, and Kyle Bowler, like, tore something in his shoulder, like, that week of practice. I wasn't supposed to play at all in the third preseason game. That was like, you know, Kyle and Troy were kind of going at it. So Kyle goes down, and then Troy comes up. Troy Smith gets um, an illness. You know, he he gets really sick, and we weren't sure how serious it was at the time. And um, even the night before the game, it was like, we don't know what's going on with Troy. He might be, he might come in and play, you know, whatever. And I think it was like 10 o'clock the morning of the game that they told me, like, all right, Joe, like, you're the only quarterback we have. You're playing the whole game. <laughs> and I remember going out to my room, like, and just, you know, you're a rookie. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, like, here we go. And, like, yeah. just going through my stuff, making sure I'm on top of it and all that stuff. And you go out there, and I played the whole game against the Rams in the third preseason game and did a good job, you know, for the most part. Um, and then we had the Falcons the next week. Uh, in the fourth preseason game, and they flew Casey Bramlett, who played in Miami with Cam Cameron. They flew him in overnight. I think he landed sometime like overnight the day of the game. And I played three series, I believe, in the Atlanta Falcons, the fourth preseason game, and then he played the rest of the game on like a couple hours of being in Baltimore. And then we went right into Cincinnati, and that was it. The star was born. (laughs) Does it feel like yesterday, though? Because now as you're approaching a game, week one of the 2022 season, you're laughing oftentimes here at One Jets Drive where the guys are saying, hey, Flacco, you, you're the old guy at 37. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it, I mean, when I, when I think back at that right there, I mean, I can, I can kind of put myself right back in that hotel room and in those situations. So, yeah, it feels like yesterday. I got plenty of stories to tell about Bart that you can't necessarily tell on, <laughs> on any kind of media, even podcasts. But, no, it, it feels like yesterday. And I don't view myself as being – you know, this is my 15th year. I don't view myself as that. You know, I remember when I was playing with Bart and like Ray Lewis was on the team. And I, I do remember how I looked at him and like and these guys when I was younger. You know, you grew up watching them play. And but I don't necessarily think of that right. when I like, you know, not to like talk about Ray Lewis and myself, you know, but like. I don't view myself as being in the league 15 years. I just view myself right. as a player, you know. Right. I, I, this is my fifth year. I'm 27 years old, whatever right. it may be. That's how I view myself. And then every now and then you can kind of view, you can kind of see that these young guys are looking at you a little bit different. <laughs> like they're looking at you a little strange. Like, man, old, how long have you been around, you know? And that kind of puts, that kind of wakes me up a little bit and reminds me of how long I've been doing it. So you got the little salt and pepper, a little, That's little, right. little yeah. pop of Smurf going That's on right. now. But now life kind of comes full circle as you, we can call this the Flacco Bowl, or we can call this the C.J. Mosley Bowl, but you know, kind of right. going full circle all the way back to where it all began to going against a familiar opponent, uh, organization that you know well. Like, how are you preparing for that emotionally and, and physically? Um, you know, for Week One in a in a tough environment. Yeah, I think it's I think it's ultimately going to be tough to completely prepare for it because I've never been through it personally. Um, 
I mean, you've you've played. I think you played us that next year, yeah. right in '09, right up here. Did we open yeah. up here? Like, we almost you know, got a we almost got a pregame yeah, fight with Ray Rice. There you go. <laughs> Craziness. You know, um, I've seen some people go through it. I've definitely seen uh, some people play some old teams that were significant players on the teams that they came from, and as much as they tried to keep it in check and and yeah. do all that. You know, that's all good to say and talk about until all of a sudden the lights turn on, it's game time, and, you know, your emotions get the best of you. And, um, yeah. you know, so like I said, I, uh, it, it, it's honestly, this that's what's great about football. It's a team sport. It's about the team. You just got to play yeah. your role. So I'm going to make sure that I try to do that as much as possible. But, you know, like I said, I've been through it enough times to see how emotional yeah. it, it can be. So I think I'd be a little bit naive to, to think that there's going to be zero of that, you know. Yeah. When Zach Wilson goes down in Philadelphia, what do you think automatically? And then after some time goes by, when does it start coming to the realization that it is going to be week one, it is the Ravens? Yeah, well, I think you you, you initially just, you know, you, you you put yourself in that situation and you feel for the player and you hope that he's actually, you're, you know, ultimately yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like, the, depending on what you were thinking in that moment, um, it's probably the best possible outcome for him, you know. Um, but immediately, your mind after that kind of goes to, okay, like, does this mean I'm going to play right away? Here, yeah. You know, I got, you know, I'm, I'm ready, but like, let's go. Here we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been in enough situations now in this role to kind of be able to know that I'm going to prepare and have been thrown in there right away, like yeah. in the middle of a game. So it's all a little bit different, and you know, there's. There, I, obviously, you see, oh, man, we're playing Baltimore this year. That's going to be interesting, yeah. uh, even if I was going to be on the sideline. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily – I was like, okay, we're playing them in New York. That'll be cool, mm. you know. Yeah. I think now that I'm playing, there would be something extra cool about playing in Baltimore. But either way, like yeah. I said, like all the things that we just talked about. Um, you know, listen, it's a completely new team for the most part. There's – you know, there's a handful of players, obviously. I mean, yeah. the last year I was there was 18. It wasn't that long ago. So there are right. some players that were still there. But if you're talking about the bulk of my career and the guys that I actually played with, yeah. it, in terms of that, it's a completely new football team. Yeah. It's just the same organization. So, you know, sometimes we make too big of a deal out of these things and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, you know, guys switch teams all the time. Yeah. You know, uh, I think I'm a quarterback, so obviously there's a little bit – it's a little bit different for whatever reason. Um, you know, and and – Coach Harbaugh's still there, yeah. but a lot of the coaching staffs, you know, probably pretty similar to how I was in 18, but even that's a lot different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but you know, the great thing about playing an opponent is they think they know you, right? And <laughs> right. they try, you know, <laughs> right. they, they're, they're in the meetings now, okay, he, he doesn't like to do this. Right. He doesn't get off this spot. So, you know, that stuff are going. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, when you became the starter and we got, got named the starter, you think about all the young guys that you have there. Initially, immediately, you have to start getting that nonverbal communication right. with the young players, and now they're looking at you because you're the savior, right? You you have all the answers. <laughs> right, you're the OG. Right. You're the OG now. You have yes. all the answers. So how is that week? Does the weeks of preparation and even the preseason, Ben, with trying to get that nonverbal communication and you learning how your receivers, where they like the ball at, what their right. strengths are, the weaknesses, how it looks when they're coming out of a break. I think it's an exciting opportunity like when you have guys like that that are you know really good football players with a bunch of ability but yeah. they're young and they're going to make mistakes yeah. you know you, you don't you don't necessarily like you're not okay with the mistakes um but 
you better not be getting too out of control emotionally when when have they children do make prepared them. you for that. You know, have yeah. the children, for <laughs> children prepared for you sure. for the maturity of the young for kids. For sure, and like, and and I've I've found out that at least with my kids, I'm not as patient as I thought I was. <laughs> um, but in this in this situation, I actually I, I do really look forward to it. I I I feel like I like this situation of being that guy. I hope that people look at me and say, okay. Yeah. At least, you know, Joe's in the huddle, like we're good, you know, like, yeah. you know, and they can and, and that allows them to, to move on to the next play and wipe the last one out. Because, you know, ultimately in, in, in a football game, there's going to be things like that that happen and yeah. you have to have something to ground you and move you on. So I hope that I can be that. Um, obviously, there's times where you're going to have to push those guys and, and, and get the and in order to get the best out of them because they're going to go be going through things mentally that may slow them down because they're yeah. thinking too much and you're going to have to be able to push them through those things but uh, I definitely look forward to it. How is it all tied together when you're playing against a team that throws some exotic pressure packages at you? Everybody focuses on the offensive line but you're talking about young receivers you're working with too. Yeah. How much do you have to emphasize precision against a team like Baltimore? Oh, yeah, it's always a team effort. Obviously, the offensive line in terms of sacks and things like that. But it, it is a team effort. And, um, you know, listen, we run an offense where, you know, hopefully the receivers don't have to do too, too much thinking yeah. about those things. They can just go play and, 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 and run their routes, play their game, and not have to worry about that. So as long as they're in the right places in the right timing, then it's up yeah. to me to be able to identify those things and understand when I have to get the ball out of my hands and when I have a little bit of time to maybe, you know, go through my progression. Yeah. Now, you know, you, you, you're with LaFleur. Like, he's new to, to, the, to the game as well as far as being an offensive coordinator. But, you know, you're a veteran, and how much input have you had in kind of maybe anticipating some of the, the exotic blitzes? Because we don't really know mm -hmm. because Wink Martindale's not there anymore, so we right. don't know really what to expect. But how much of the ownership have you been given to kind of make adjustments and freedoms to kind of use your, you know, your football acumen to make adjustments on the fly? I think most of it comes down to like, hey, do we think we can do this or do we think we should just not worry about doing this and just stick with this? And, you know, it, it's those back and forth, what what we think we can get away with and maybe what we don't think we can get away with. I know Mike's a young guy and, you know, he's, he's only called offenses for, you know, he's only called plays for a year. Um, you know, these guys come from a good background and, and right. at the end of the day, um, it, it's about trust either way. Um, so he is the coordinator, I'm the quarterback, I, you know, and I, I do want to have a little bit of input, you know, in terms of, you know, certain little things here and there. But at the same time, you know, I want to be able to rely on him to do his thing and, and put us in good situations because that's what he's there to do. And, you know, we as players are there to execute it. And I'm no different in that. How far has this roster come? You've played here in 2020 and 21. And now we talk about the transformation mm -hmm. that we've seen over the last 18 months. Just watching on the practice field, you see the speed. You see explosive ability. Mm -hmm. You think about, hey, listen, we don't have to rely on 12-play drives to get yeah. down the field. We got some home run hitters. And yeah. then also the depth on this roster. Yeah, no, it's exciting. Uh, you know, we, I've talked about it a lot. It's, it's obviously a topic of conversation with people. I feel like we're at the point where we can, where we sense that. You know, we sense like, hey, like, yeah. Are, are, we're pretty good, I think, right? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, and, and the young guys, like a lot of them don't know any better. They're good. They feel like they're good. Yeah. You know, they, so they haven't necessarily experienced the last couple of years of not winning a lot of games. So they right. feel good. Um, but I, I think we definitely have a lot of momentum behind us right now, but we still haven't done it on a Sunday consistently. So yeah. while, while we're getting there, while that confidence is kind of starting to take off a little bit, uh, we still have to turn the corner, um, which is going out there and proving it on Sunday. So I think we're right in that area there now that, 
you know, I'm hoping that we're dangerous because of it, you know, and I, I hope that we realize sooner rather than later how yeah. good we can be. And then, then you never know. I mean, when you, once you get that little bit of boost of confidence yeah. and guys are playing, you know, yeah. without thinking about a lot and they're just going out there and playing football and they're being physical, yeah. you know, that's when it really comes together. Uh, you know, because you can go out there and you can be assignment you sound and you can take care of the football. But if you're just doing the right things and you're kind of like just, you, you know, you're, yeah. You're, you're, oh, yeah, I did that right. And I'm happy with that. Then you, you'll be OK. Right. You know, you won't make mistakes. You'll be OK. But, you know, I think we're get right on the edge of getting to the point where we know what we're yeah. doing. We're confident about what we're doing. So now we can actually play football. Yeah. We can go get people, be physical, yeah. play fast, yeah. you know, not settle for the 15 yard completion. We can catch the ball with our feet on the ground and turn up field and, and break one, you know? So I think we're getting close to that spot. Belief's a powerful thing, right? Mm -hmm. when, you, when you came in as a rookie, you know, expectations weren't that high for us as a team. And we kind of snuck into the playoffs and we caught fire. We came together as a team. And a lot of that was the off the field relationships that we had as far as building bonds and things like that. Now, when you talk about, you know, this, this team and this roster, and when you look back, does Joe Flacco still have something that he wants to prove mm -hmm. to people? Are you just playing with house money? I mean, you're a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, people forget about, you know, when you came in this league, how many playoff games you won. Every year, you guys were a legitimate threat. Your record on a road in the playoffs, going up to New England, taking care of business, right? Um, all the success you've had. Do you still have something to prove? And what gets you going? And what continues to motivate you? Because you could have called it a career. It would have been a beautiful career. 10-5 in the postseason, former Super Bowl MVP. Um, and who has the Corvette, by the way? It's in a garage in, my, in a house my brother's staying in right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sign it? Like, are you preserving it? Or are you just like, yeah, man. You know, I barely. Uh, is it next fit, to the I Volvo? Barely, I barely is it back in the to the car, but it is. It's kind of like a trophy. It has like you know, it has it has Super Bowl MVP next, right next to the VIN number. You know, there's something kind of cool about that. Yeah. I mean, I'd say so. Um, <laughs> Your kids are just gonna jump in and play. Yeah, and you're right, like, hey, you know, yeah, that's really important. They'll look like idiots driving that thing around. I don't think so. Maybe maybe my daughter. I don't know. Um, no, listen, I I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't still feel like I could play the game. Right. Um, I still feel like I can play and play at a high level. And that's ultimately what motivates me. Yeah. Um, there's some different things in there, you know, um, but it's, it's ultimately about me believing that I can still playing and owing it to myself to go play. And right. now, you know, obviously there's a, a level of proving it to other yeah. people and feeling like, you know, why haven't I gotten a chance to go do it? And, you know, but like, and, and then I had an injury where I, you know, got surgery on my neck a few years ago. And like that kind of gave a little bit of glimpse of, man, am I going to play again? Am I, am I going to be able right. to play again? Is somebody going to sign me? And it like, that wasn't a good feeling, right. you know? So that gives you that extra, like, oh yeah, like it kind of gives that little extra reminder, like, oh man, uh -huh. like, yeah, I still love this game. Like, you know, let's go out there and, and get going. Um, yeah. And listen, like it's, it's, it's not the most fun in the world when, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're the backup and, you feel like you can contribute, but it's right. not it's not your role, you know? So like I've come to the realization of that to a certain extent and I'm, I'm willing to do that. And that's why I'm excited to, to, that's why I'm excited, you know, to to possibly have the opportunity here to just put my team, you know, put our team in a good position, yeah. you know, early in the season. You're not playing against Lamar Jackson. I mean, obviously right. you guys right. will have different uniforms on and he'll have the former uniform on that you used to wear. Right. But with that being said, what did you see from him early on? And could you have predicted what was to come for him? I don't know if anybody can predict 
you know, to, to the extent of it, obviously you can see, you know, a lot of what he's good at, you can see pretty early on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, he, athlete, he jumps off yeah. the field, you know, he jumps off the film and, and, and in person in terms of how good of an athlete he is and, and all those things. So, um, you don't always know where that's going to go and, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, you've seen plenty of players that you feel like can play <laughs> and they don't right. end up being able, you know, they don't end up working out for whatever reason. But like I said, a lot of the things that he does well and that you see him do, yeah. it's it's not like you can hide a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So how do you simulate that in practice? Again, you don't have to worry about it, but <laughs> no, you can't. No, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to make sure you're playing defense the way you yeah. know sound good defense and playing as a team. And yeah. you know, obviously, guys are going to make their plays here and there and 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 do what they have to do. But you know, you just got to make sure everybody understands what the goal is and right. that they're out there to play good team defense and and. And do the right thing each play. Way got, back in the day, because I got, because I got, I got, I got to go there, right? Because on my radio show all week, I've been <laughs> oh, saying, "Oh, it's got to go back to your radio no, show." <laughs> and no shameless plug, don't worry about it. But, but you know, like you were the last Raven to bet on itself, and Lamar Jackson finds he himself in that in that similar position, right? Right. Like you bet on yourself, and I've I've negotiated with Ozzy. Like, and you've negotiated with Ozzy or Eric DeCoste, so we know what that's about. Right. But it seems like he's betting on himself, and maybe he's trying to harness his inner Joe Flacco <laughs> to be able to bet on himself on a contract year and win the Super Bowl and possibly MVP. Now, do you think you guys are going to have a little moment where you pull him to the side, like, I feel you, good luck <laughs> on that, or, you, or, or you guys aren't going to bring it up? I doubt that. He might ask you. He might ask you. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Hey, Flacco, how much they give you when it? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, we're talking like two and a half times that these days. It's crazy. That's why you should play as long as you can, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that, you know, obviously that it's crazy. I'm sure that will not come up, to be honest with you. I mean, Lamar was, Lamar's a good kid, and yeah. I'm sure he'll be worried about just playing the football game, but who knows? Some well, some, after, some, well, some guy after. on the side might bring it up randomly. You never know. Bart might be out there on the 50-yard line. Oh, yeah, oh you know if Bart sees Lamar, he's going to mention it. <laughs> Get that cheese! But it, how, how crazy is it, right? So I, I feel like you know the quarterback position has become mm-hmm. emboldened. We almost call it the NBA, the LeBronization of football, where like you guys understand your value, your worth. You guys are basically the CEO uh, of the organization, you guys are the brand, the face, and you know, the, you talk about the guaranteed money. Now it's crazy. You talk about you know, 189 million dollars to to um, um, Kyler Murray. He hasn't even won a playoff game yet. Like, did you ever think that? I knew you knew that it was going to go on a on a, on a great trajectory, but did yeah. you expect it to ever be at this point? And are all your kids going to play quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I don't know if my kids, you know, who knows how many positions my kids can play besides quarterback. Um, so they maybe they're just lucky in that sense. Um, it's crazy. I mean, by the time my kid, my oldest kid's 10, then 8, almost 9. I mean, I, talk, I was telling God, we were joking about this in a locker room the other day. Yeah. By the time he's in college, he might make $25, $30 million in college, and then he might sign NIL. a billion-dollar contract if he can make it through his first four or five years in the NFL and be halfway decent. He signed a billion-dollar contract, <laughs> and it's like it's, – it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, it's all good, you know, and the league's doing so well that it is what it is. I remember back in the day, like, when um, – I think I was going into my fourth year and we were talking about how, you know, it was the first – it was the – first CBA like negotiation I've been through and back then the topic was you know why are rookies getting paid so much and, and Sam should, should, shouldn't all the other veterans be getting paid 
And I remember trying to tell guys like, now listen, we've done so well that everybody is getting paid these days because the league has done so well. But I mean, listen, if you're a one or two, three pick and you're going to the worst team in the league, I mean, I think there's a big argument for the fact that you deserve that 80 million, you know, <laughs> you're going to yeah. go get punished and your career might be over because you right. went to the worst team. Um, and also, I think a lot of the veterans thought like, oh, man, like if they don't get the 80 million, we're just going to get it. And I tried to no, guys, yeah, like, the quarterback's <laughs> going to get it. The quarterback exactly. and maybe the corner or defensive yeah, right. end or left yep. tackle, like those are yeah. the guys that are going to get the money. You're right. going to get the same thing, you know. Exactly. And that's kind of the way it's gone. Yeah. Um, but we have done so well as a league that really everybody, it, everybody's multiplied so much. So yeah. it's all good. All good. Who's the first person to give you the Joe Cool moniker? I don't know. Uh, I don't. You know? really, I don't really know if I actually was like called cool that job. at all before. Yeah. Maybe somebody kind of called, said it on air at some point. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. I, not, not in person. Yeah, you know. I had a different nickname for him. Go we, ahead. We, can, we can't. No, we can't say it <laughs> on can't? TV. He, he threw it out right, and I stopped calling it. All right, you yeah. start balling, man. Fine, I mean, we won't go with it. <laughs> <laughs> that generational gap. You often laugh about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But you got five kids, and right. your eldest is ten. So they keep you young at heart, too. Yeah. Hey, I, I joke, like, Sauce is a lot closer to my oldest son than, right, he, is, funny. than he is me. You know? <laughs> Every generation, I think, looks at the generation 10 to 15 years younger than him and says, man, what are these kids doing? Yeah. You know, like, I was looked at it some way at some point like that. So I have to remind myself that, you know, it's the same thing. It, it is different. Like, guys are different these days. When they're when the 20 to 25-year-old, right. it's different. Yeah, you uh, saw the evolution of the, of the oh, locker yeah. room. Like, how is the player different from like, sure, the, when, different. when you walked I, When in. I was in Baltimore, I don't know if I didn't notice it as much because there was enough guys that I was there with a long time. And yeah. the, like the situation was just so consistent in so many ways that I didn't notice it that much. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't until I left there that I realized, oh, man, like, it's changing. Like, yeah. things are different. A lot of the guy, like – when I came in the NFL, like all the hit to the helmet and all yeah. the different rules started coming in, um, training camp rules, how much you could be on the field, all those different things. They've kind of been in the league the whole time I've been in the league, 15 years. They've always been making an effort to do those things. Right. But, you know, I grew up playing high school and college and stuff like that, and even a little bit of the NFL with just starting on those things. Um, so I've been through it a little bit. These guys today have never even seen football or heard of football, like where the quarterback can, can't get hit in the head. Right. Or you can have two days or any. They've never been no. through it. Never. Like we had, Going to you know, when we were in Baltimore my first year, like I didn't know any better either. Like I was a rookie. Like I just did it. You just do it. Yeah. Like we were having two and a half, three hour practices <laughs> twice a day. I know. You know, and, and, and guys that are 12, 30 years older than me are laughing at me. But like they were legit practices. And then the and then when we went into the CBA the, in like 2011, after that first CBA that I was a part of, you could do four hours on the field. Three hours was the max that you could do at one time. So a horn blew, and we went on the field. And then a horn blew three hours later, and we came off the field. Guys were dying. Those were almost harder than, like, the first couple of training camps I've yeah. been in because they, they worked us for straight three straight hours. And in Baltimore, like, John wasn't giving us any stretch time or anything. Like, it was a full <laughs> three-hour practice. Like, special teams was the very, be was the very the first locker room? thing. Like, yes, you were stretching the locker room. So... You know, it's just it's just different, and like and believe, and like I tell guys, like we 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 bitched and complained about it back then. Like yeah. it wasn't like we just did it and we're tough about right. it. Like no, we complained about it, yeah. but like but they're now, soft. But they're now, soft. Nowadays, nowadays, we're, nowadays we're doing forty-five play practices, and guys are like, man, like we're full speed, <laughs> we're pads again. You know, and it's like guys, we had hundred and ten plays scripted, not forty-five. You exactly. know, so it's just and like I said, I got to remind myself, like we've all 
every generation, these guys, if they last 15 years, they're going to be saying the same thing in 15 yeah. years about the guys that come into the league. So it just is what it is. Well, we enjoyed our visit. We know you got a role. Oh, um, a Harbaugh did say the other day that you'll always be a Raven. Uh, but with that being said. That's fair. Yeah. But you'll be leading the Jets Sunday. Uh, good luck to you. Yep, I appreciate it. Great stuff there from Joe Flacco. That is the way we start the regular season. A former teammate yeah, man. in-house, huh? Absolutely. I mean, you couldn't. You talk about the storylines, they couldn't be better, right? Joe Flacco, you know, going to the team that decided to move on, the team that he had so much success. And I've sat in that same seat that he sat, sat in, and he wants to do well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he didn't get Joe cool for a reason, you know, He's always been cool under pressure. He understands the gravity of the moment, but I think he's going to face something that he's never faced before because he may not think that it's going to be emotional, but it is going to be emotional. He doesn't have to have Ray Lewis on the sideline or Ed Reed. Once he sees Harbaugh, he's going to get all those feelings, and he's going to see Lamar, and those competitive juices are going to get going. And, you know, I just can't wait to see how he reacts. You, You never know. Um, but this is a unique matchup. You know, you got a team that comes in with an exotic defense. We really don't know what this Raven team is going to be all about because they don't have Wink Martindale there anymore. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be a more conservative defense, or are they going to be, you know, as they've been in the past, an aggressive attacking, you know, uh, defense that's going to create opportunities down the field? Remember, they're trying to implement a rookie into a defense that, you know, can be... You're talking Kyle Hamilton Yeah, Kyle here? Hamilton, that can be very difficult to, to kind of pick up and early on, communication. That's why I would look, you know, I would like to see LaFleur come with a lot of shifts and motions to force that young kid to have to be able to communicate. And when you have the opportunity to make, make some big plays on the field, I think this is going to be a tight game. Yeah. Um, the Ravens are going to try and pose their will with the running game, and that's a tough that's a tough task for any defense coming in. Have to learn those principles with Lamar Jackson, the threat of keeping the, the football. He has the ability to really change your angles. So it's going to be dynamic to see who has the better game plan. Because remember, no matter what we saw in this preseason, EA. Everything has led up to this first game getting up to a good start. Yep. So all these plays that you put on film that you really put on so your opponent can see them, everything has, to this point has been to, to really um, prepare for the Raven game. Offensively, where can the Jets take advantage of the Ravens? Because when you look at the Ravens, at mm-hmm. least on paper, yeah. you say they got really good cornerbacks, right? You mentioned the rookie safety. I'm looking at the Jets running backs and tight ends. Maybe they can do damage in this game. Well, absolutely. You talk about up the seams. Oh, Hamilton um, is a he rangy, tall guy, but not a speedster. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can take advantage of him having bad eyes, and you have to do that. To do that, and I know we say this every year, you have to establish the run. You establish the run, you get this guy creeping and peeking, and maybe he sees something that he's not supposed to see. And also on the outside, I don't even know if Marcus Peters is healthy for this game, you know, coming off the ACL surgery. But you have Marcus Peters, who's always been, you know, a feast of famine type of cornerback. You know, he's a guy that's going to, you know, believe in his eyes, and sometimes that gets him in trouble. So if I, if I ever see those two to the same side, mm. that, you're going that, there. I'm going there because that's 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 a recipe that's trying, you know, get bad communication with a young rookie, you know, and and, and bunch routes. Right when you have a rookie and you have to talk about you, you if you identify man coverage, you can get him in where he has to communicate, and all the time they don't use their words, you know, and it should be a, 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 a loud environment, a hostile environment, you know, cheering, excitement, 
and sometimes you just don't hear the correction when you have a shift of motion in bunch packages, and that's what you take advantage of. It's going to be explosive plays, but I think it's going to be tough sledding on both sides. The Ravens don't have tremendous pass rushing. They they got more, um, you know um, Houston, Justin Houston, Justin Houston, and on the other side, Oway, who had a great season for a rookie, but it wasn't one of the best seasons. It wasn't a ten sack season. He gets a lot of pressure, but he's still green as far as being able to go against a veteran. You know, you know, like like Brown. You know, you get him to that side, maybe you can take advantage of him. That, of that's what I want to ask you real quick about the Jets' offensive line. Any concerns there? Because I thought they were really fortunate to get a guy like Dwayne Brown after right. Mekhi Becton goes down, and I think he's a very good player. With that being said, this offensive line hasn't played together that yeah. much. We saw him a couple snaps mm -hmm. against the New York Giants. But across the board, if you go left to right, you say the players are definitely there. Uh, what's the challenge communication-wise now? They're going to be ramping up and playing 60, 60 plays this game or 70. Well, you, you also look at Brees Hall, right? Because if he's in, it's, he's going to be built into that or, or, or Michael Carter going to be built into that 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 pass protection. Mm. And, you know, are they on the same level? Are they seeing the same thing? Because at the end of the day, the running back has to make somebody right. And you, what gives you what gives you peace is the fact that you understand that they have two veteran guards. And, you know, you don't want instant interior pressure. And, you know, you understand that guys like Dwayne, even though, he, you know, he's on the outside, he understands that I got the widest guy. I'm responsible for the widest guy. Unless we're full sliding and we're going to try and let the running back in. So you, you, you have to keep your packages really tight. We don't know what type of Ravens defense we're going to see. Right. I just don't know. Like Wink Martindale, you know, as a coordinator, blitz more than any. The Ravens blitz percentage were higher than anybody. But this is a different outfit. And they don't have the same personnel that they had before. You know, can you take advantage of Patrick Queen? Can you take advantage of whoever's not Patrick Queen on the second level as far as getting them into the communication, rut routes, things of that sort? You know, but it's going to be imperative that they're able to consistently flip the field, no three and outs, move the ball, and try and win the field position battle because the first team that has a mistake is going to put their team in a, in a bad position, and that could be the difference in the game. Lamar's going to get his yards, we know that, but what's the key in terms of containing him, making sure he doesn't go off and have one of those all-star-like mm -hmm. performances that we've seen oftentimes from him. He's such a tough guy to prepare for. Right. You know, and, and then he, it's nobody, you, you can't compare him to anybody in the NFL. May, maybe Kyler Murray is the only comp that you can say, okay, a guy that can kind of give you fits. He's faster than, you know, fast and quick, but he's still not Lamar Jackson. But that's the closest thing you have to him. You have to try and make him beat you with his arm. You, know, you can't allow him to beat you with his legs. You know, he, he's able. He's one of these rare athletes or quarterbacks that can have explosives with his legs and his arm. You know, he can just as as as, as easily you know turn a run to a 20, 30 yard run right. in a blink of an eye. Especially if you dare to play man to man coverage, because now you play man to man coverage, everybody backs are turned, he breaks contain. That's why you're going to have to be disciplined. And you want to try and flush him to his left to force him that if he does flush to his left, if the pressure, if you're going to give up an edge, you give it to your left because he's going to run because anything else would be thrown across his body. And that, and that's, you know, quarterbacks aren't accurate. But last year, well, for the first time, he really, you know, struggled. He had some games where he had three, four interceptions. So you want to try and understand that, hey, his target is Mark Andrews. Yep. You take that away, and you and if you, the other guys beat you, God bless. Do you spy him? And also, you mentioned Andrews. He was targeted something like 130 times last yeah. year, something ridiculous. What do you do uh, from a coverage perspective? Well, you, you, you have to bracket him. 
Yep. You, you have to bracket them. You have to lean on, on your safeties uh, as far as – and maybe sometimes, you know, you're getting a, getting a piece of them. But they'll do a good job. They'll move them around. They won't have them in predictable positions. And you have to do a good job. Understand that eventually that ball is going to him. So if you got a, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, you you say, okay, I'm going to see if you can matriculate the ball down the field. See if you can, you know, dink and dunk and stay patient without getting a holding penalty with all these exotic runs that you do without getting an illegal procedure, a false start. Let's see if you can go down the field. Twelve, no explosives, because you know if, if he if Mark Andrews is making a catch, it's usually on the hashes or the numbers, and you know that's that's Lamar Jackson's safety valve. What's the Jets' ceiling this year? Yeah, we just talked to Flacco about it before. You sense that, hey, we do have a lot of talent, but there yeah. is a lot of unknown as we approach the season. And that's the beauty of when you don't know. You shouldn't have a fear of anybody. You know if you play at your game and, and you, know, you have a lot of young guys that are you know, coming from college that have a lot of bravado, a lot of swag, right? You, know, you look at Garrett Wilson. He came from a winning program. And you know, he's going to think that he can you know, do the same thing and not miss a step because it has been guys who have come in, whether it's Jamar Chase, whether it's Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. that have come into this league and like, kind of hit it, hit it you know, full stride. You know, and so he should have the same um, goals that he can be one of those guys and not be one of these receivers that struggle because receivers come in the league now and they're able to have pro- productivity. Look at, look at Elijah Moore. You can have productivity because the game in college now emulates the game in the pros, not vice versa. You know what I mean? It's not, it used to be that college used to influence the pros. Now it's that, that the pros and the guys that come from college, because they throw so much in college, the passing game is ahead of even the running game and understanding you know, zone concepts and reading the three technique, the five technique, and when to bounce the ball, when to cut it back. I think they have to really lean on, on, on that and also the fact that, you know, Brees Hall should have a lot of confidence. He he's a first round draft pick. I he's my dark horse for rookie of the year. Oh, well, I love this. Yeah. Joe Douglas said we gotta be playing meaningful football in December. We expect to be playing yeah. meaningful football in December. Now connect that with Robert Sala. Sala's saying we got a really good, a cool group, but it's going to be interesting to, interesting to see who's going to grab the ball by the horns yeah. in the fourth quarter. Who are our dudes going to be? Because on paper and what we've seen on the practice field, the Jets have a lot of explosive talent, but who are the guys going to step up in crunch time? I mean, you have to lean on your leader, leaders first, right? And then if you hope that the young guys get the experience during the beginning of the year and you watch – you know, the pros, pros walking around about how to prepare and how to take advantage, right? Because teams in, in the league are going to save things for certain you know, game plans, game team specific, but also situation specific. You know, so how do you try and educate these young guys that have a lot of talent but teach them the nuance of the game, hmm. right? You know, how do you build up their football acumen? Like, how do you tell them, okay, expect this in third down, you have to get to the sticks. You can't come short. You have to get past the sticks and come back. It's all the small things that, that add up to winning and losing. Because most games in the league are lost, not won, right? So let's not beat ourselves. Let's not have untimely penalties because we're undisciplined. And let's take advantage of the opportunities we get when the other team, you know, makes their mistakes and, and, and jump off sides, taking shots, being on the same page. I mean, one thing we know about Joe Flacco, his arm is always live and he can push the ball down the field. So, you know, make plays for your quarterback, but also defensively, you should take it personal, the fact that you were considered one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah. Now everybody's healthy. You know, you have, you have, you know, uh, Carl Lawson, you have, you know, a healthy 
healthy Quentin Williams. Franklin Myers moving back to his more natural position. But now we need guys like Johnson to step up, right? But you, you, we have to educate him because it's going to be certain things he's going to struggle with. You know, let him know, hey, we don't let anything, especially this week. If you get in, we do not lose contain on Lamar Jackson. That is the job. Everybody does your job so we all can succeed. How charged up is that environment going to be? Uh, one of my favorite moments working here was the 9-11 game against the Dallas Cowboys yeah, 10 years after September 11th, of course, and now Sunday. Jets, yeah. Ravens, 21 years after 9-11. Yeah. Um, it's going to be emotional. Yeah. It's going to be emotional. Everybody can kind of remember where they were when 9-11 happened. We understood that it was sports that brought this town back together, right, that, that, that gave them peace, a sense of normalcy. You know what I mean? So, like, now you talk about celebrating it once again coming around. I think the fans will be emotional, passionate, and I think just the fact that it's the start of the football season is going to amp it up to a, to a level that's going to be ridiculous. You know, and you, but, you know, when you look at it from as far as being a player, you have to keep your emotions intact, understanding they can be emotional. You have to be, you have to be professional. You have to understand that you can tire yourself out in warm-ups. You know, for the first time, first game, what happens is you, you aren't prepared to go a full game yet because you haven't taken yourself there. You haven't played 80 snaps as fast as you can go with special teams. You know, and, and a lot of these guys are finding it out this week. Yeah. You know, once the cuts happen, now you are the look team. Now it's nobody to look and say, okay, can you go? I'm a little tired. You have to build that cardio up. So that's why you want to make sure that you're able to be disciplined because those little things happen. You worry about special team mishaps and you worry about, like, you know, receivers and, and, and defenders, receivers not running the right routes, which leads to interceptions, and also the communication on the back end, if you can get guys mixed up with crossing routes and things of that sort. We're off to a great start. Um, we go back to 2009 at mm. SUNY Cortland when yeah, man. I tracked you down. I begged you, let's do some Jets radio. Uh -huh. And you said, I don't know if I want to do any of that. I don't know if I want to do any of that. And I'll look at you. It's like, it's like SpongeBob. Yeah, 13, 13 years, years later. 13 years later. <laughs> the band together. is back together. And hopefully you all like this. Uh, like this uh, rate, review, subscribe. We'll also be on YouTube throughout the hey, season. Better subscribe. I don't get no cheese on my taco. Oh, yeah. Make sure you get your cheese this year. There's not about that. And uh, we'll <laughs> see you all next week.